Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. Give a follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast yet on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me <laughs> at Strict Anonymous. Uh, if you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. I also change people's names. You could call me from a phony number. You can email me from a phony email. I just want to hear your true story. If you have an interesting true story and you want to be on the show, go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show or email me strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and tell me a little bit about what you want to talk about. Now, if you just have a naughty confession that you want to get off your back, you can call my confessions hotline. The number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. I've been making episodes out of the naughty confessions that have been coming in and I give my two cents to them. So if you have an interesting naughty confession that you want to get out and hear on an upcoming episode, call that number 347-420-3579. You could call 24-7. I used to air all those anonymous confessions on my Patreon. My Patreon is a really great place to go and sign up for because for just $5 a month, you get uh, all the episodes early and ad-free. You get all the anonymous pics of my guests. I have sexy pics of every female that's been on my show. You see those over there. I do monthly Q&As. There's some extra episodes on there. But also what you get, which is super fun, is access to my private Discord. And there's a whole community of people there having naughty fun. Okay, so if you want to go in and talk to like-minded people, go sign up for my Patreon and go into my Discord. Uh, I don't get involved in my Discord. I mean, I moderate it and make sure it's all on the up and up and everything's cool, but it's super fun. Like I said, you get access to it by joining my Patreon, just $5 a month and you could cancel at any time. It's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast links. To that and the number and everything are in the description. So today I have on Dr. Vic. Oh my God, Dr. Vic. Dr. Vic, quote unquote. He's not a real doctor, but this is a guy named Vic who is interested in being a fake doctor and doing exams for men. Men only. That's his thing. He does start off with a a horrible situation that happened to him when he was younger. It was a doctor-patient scenario where he was like molested. It was something that he was obviously taking advantage of. And so many years later, like 30 years later, out of nowhere, in came this fantasy of him being a doctor and him meeting up with patients and him doing stuff to them. And this was, uh, of course, a role play scenario. He's not a doctor. This is all consensual. I went back and forth with him via email a lot in the beginning to even get him on my show because I didn't really want it at first because I'm like, this is like kind of a fucked up scenario, but it really is just a mock-up fantasy role play. He is very upfront about the fact that he's not a doctor. These people who are his patients, quote unquote, know what they're getting into. He talks all about how and why he decided to put an ad out and go live out this role play scenario 
It was a fantasy at first, but he lives it out in real life. He's done it like 14 or 15 times, I think he said. He explains the first guy, the second guy, so many other guys. <laughs> he walks me through exactly what went down with a couple of them. Sometimes he's top, sometimes he's bottomed. Sometimes he's gotten blown at the end. Some guy wanted to be fisted. <laughs> but whenever he puts out an ad, he gets a lot of guys that are hitting him up because they're into this scenario too. I know anyone that's finding this episode is into it as well. Uh, I've been doing my show for a long time. I've never heard of this specific kink, but obviously it exists, right? If he's into it, all the guys that email him and show up and role play with him are into it. It means there's tons of other people that are too. So that's why this is going up on a fetish Friday. Even if you're not into this, you'll find this episode pretty interesting considering the fact that there are people that are into this. It's a, it's a doctor patient fantasy. It's super interesting. Dr. Vic, the fake Dr. Vic sent me in pics of his paraphernalia, his bag, his doctor bag that's got like glass dildos and all kinds of things into anal hooks inside his bag. He sent me a pic of his bag as well as a pic of the ad that he puts up. He goes onto Sniffy's. That's where he finds guys to live this out with him. He's always the doctor and the guys he looks for are always the patients. He gets very specific, tells a lot of good stories. If you want to see those pics though, they're on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous Podcast. I'm going to be right back on with Dr. Vic. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Oh, hi, Vic. Do- well, hi. Hi. Hi, Dr. Vic. Welcome to the, <laughs> welcome to the Strictly Thank Anonymous you. Podcast. How are you today? Doing, I'm doing great. It's doctor with quotes, though, but yeah, I'm doing oh, well, great. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say the reason why I laughed when I called you Dr. Vic is because you're not a real doctor, but what you do and what you're into is a fake doctor-patient scenario. you got a fake doctor-patient kink something that you're into and obviously a lot of other people are into it because you've had a lot of experiences where you have mocked up the doctor patient fantasy and played with people correct that's absolutely right yeah now I'll I'll, just as a woman I'm just going to tell you straight up that there's a lot of real uh (laughs) non-consensual doctor patient shit going down every girl you have a girlfriend you have a wife you have a a friend that's a girl ask her about a fucked up experience she's had with a doctor okay and every girl has one if not two okay doctors sometimes do really fucked up things to women non-consensually i want to just make the psa for this episode that this is all fake this is like a fake fantasy this is all consensual you're not a real doctor your people aren't real patients you guys are just living out your fantasy with each other now as dr vic you're a guy right are you living out are your patients men or women they are 100 percent men i am married married to a woman who has no idea that i do this but and i have no interest in doing it with women i i have found by putting some profiles up on a website called sniffies that men seem to really enjoy it or want to try it out so (laughs) yeah no no women at all uh 100 men yeah because listen i'm telling you women are living this shit out in real life and they're not interested and i think guys are just interested in everything (laughs) so let's yeah i think so yeah yeah guys are a little bit more dirty minded than women i maybe i don't know so let's get to how this started this is a secret life you're married you're doing this on the side take me back to when you realized like that maybe that this was your kink to begin with yeah, so the 
it actually started when I was a teenager, probably 13 or 14. I was at a Boy Scout camp, and it was a week long. And on Thursday, we I, was, I wasn't feeling very well. And neither was one of my buddies who was in my scout troop. And we talked to our scoutmaster and said, hey, we're not feeling good. And he said, you guys need to go to the infirmary. So we walked ourselves down to the infirmary and checked ourselves in. And I don't think there was a real doctor there, but there was definitely a medic or somebody who was probably trained in some little bit of medicine. And he checked us in and told us to each grab a, a bed, separate beds, and told us to get undressed down to our underwear and slip into bed. And I don't know, 20 minutes later, the doctor, I'll put quotes around him because I'm sure he wasn't a doctor. He comes by and says he's going to do an exam on me. And uh, he starts by putting one of those old glass thermometers in your mouth where you really can't talk and takes out a stethoscope and runs it across my chest and, um, you know, asks me how I'm doing. And all I can do is sort of mumble. And then the stethoscope goes a little further down my body. And um, then he pulls down the sheets and he said, hey, slip off your underwear for me. And that's when it got weird for me. Oh, my God. So you have a fucking perverted doctor story, too. So it's not just women that have these stories. It's men, too. Look at the shit that goes down. Absolutely. Yeah. How old were you? I was 13 or 14, and it, it was just a hand job in the end. You could say all you want, but you were that's called R. That's the R word. Let's just use the R word. Yeah. 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 That's fucked um, but, up. And. It, it was fucked up. It was my first sexual experience, too. And ultimately, actually, what happened is this guy was found out and made the news, and the whole camp was guilty of stuff like this. And so they they shut the camp down. They There's massive class action lawsuits against the camp. And so, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty gross. But the, the thing that I guess kind of scarred me about that is that was my first sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I've heard on your show that very first time can be impactful throughout your life. So I don't know, sometime 30 years later, we're, we'll fast forward to COVID is happening. I'm sitting around at home and I was just sort of thinking about that experience again. And I thought, man, I wonder if that's a fantasy that people have. The doctor experience seems to be something that guys are interested in. Let me just ask you a quick question before we get to just a couple of years ago. Between that time of you getting molested and being wired kind of improperly, you're wired into that scenario somehow. In those 30 years, did you fantasize about that at times? Were you thinking about that doctor-patient scenario? Did you ever think about it when you went to the doctor? Like, how did it affect you in those 30 years? I know that eventually you started living this out in real life, but in those 30 years, what was going down in your head? Was it in your head? It was was in the back of my head. I had told my first girlfriend about it, and she was disgusted by it, as as she should be. So I, I sort of, I never really told anybody about the experience other than her. But yeah, when I would go to the doctor, I would I would think about that every time I was lying down on the table. God, I hope this guy doesn't do something to me. But but yeah, it's it's a strange fantasy I think that a number of guys have that they want to be they they want to have a doctor patient experience. But don't you believe that you have that? 
I don't want that. That's the thing. I actually don't want to have that experience. <laughs> you want to be the doctor. You want to like, you want to go back to that scenario and be the doctor doing it to the guy. Like you're no, you're not turned on by that scenario yourself, but you're kind of still wired into that scenario because you want to be the doctor taking advantage of the patient. And, 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 but I don't want to be taking advantage of them. I want it to be 100% consensual. So, mm -hmm. but, but there is something about a dom sub role in that role play scenario where the patient is going to listen to do, listen to the doctor and do what they ask them to do. Mm -hmm. But all of that is worked out well ahead of meeting with somebody. And, and it, it's 100% consensual, 100% they're fully aware that I'm not a real doctor, but they want to have that experience. But do you, but you definitely tie this into that experience that happened to you when you were younger, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't know that I would have given it much thought had that not happened to me in my life. I think that experience sort of wired me for that a little bit. Of course. But I, I don't know. But it's interesting that you don't want to be the patient. You want to be the doctor. Even though you were the patient in the first scenario, you're taking like your power back by being the doctor. That could be. That could be it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hadn't thought about that, but I suppose that could be it. In that 30 years, you're married to a woman. You wind up getting married to a woman. Uh, are you secretly into guys and just not telling anyone about it? No. And that was the interesting thing. Not until about... Three years ago, did it ever really cross my mind that I wanted to try this? I, I have always considered myself straight up until that point. But at this point, I, if you had to ask, I would say that I'm bisexual because I've had experiences, as, as many experiences with men now as I have with women, most likely. Now, so, but that's only been uh, since in the past couple of years, a few years. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. say, yeah, the, the COVID lockdown sort of... <laughs> did something to me that I don't know, I can't explain it, but it, but I wanted to start exploring some things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So tell me, COVID hits, you're locked down. What gets in your head and what do you do about it? Well, I decided I want to try this. And so I order a bunch of stuff online. I order a lab coat. I order a patient gown. I order a stethoscope. I order some anal toys. And then I go and grab some condoms and dental dams. And I, I learn about this website called Sniffies. And Sniffies is supposedly for guys to hook up with guys. I don't think it's, one, it's intended for gay guys 100% because probably half the people on there are straight married men who want to have an experience with a guy. So... What I'll do is I'll put up a profile on Sniffies, and it reads like this. It says, doctor-patient role play. I arrive and slip on my lab coat. I hand you a hospital gown. I tell you to undress to your underwear, put the gown on, leave it untied in the back. As you undress, I'll open my bag and take out lube, my stethoscope, some glass dildos, and a metal anal hook. I approach you and take your vitals. Deep breaths, please. And I'll include a picture of me in my lab coat, naked with an erection in it, and that's the profile. I would say within 24 hours of putting it up on Sniffies, I will have 20 to 50 guys who will want to do it. 
attend, we will I'll, I'll pick through them, make sure that I feel safe, make sure that they understand that when we play, we're going to be playing 100% safe, and make sure that they understand that it is 100% fantasy. I am not a real doctor. Once those things are sort of in place, we'll get we'll get started. Well, why don't you walk me through the first time you did it? So you get this in your head that you want to role play this scenario out. It's very specific. I need to know, like, it just came to you one day during COVID and you just immediately put the, the ad up? Yeah, I, I feel like I, I, well, first of all, I like to write. And I, so I like to write erotica. And this would be one of the things I would write. So I think part of it, Part of the whole role play scene was written out in my head before I ever, you know. Oh, you're a writer. Um, okay, so you've been writing this scenario out before you live this out. Yeah, I like to. I like to write erotica. Yep. All right, so let's move forward. So you put your first ad on. Walk me through that exact experience the first time. So this guy, he's in his, I would say he's in his mid-30s, reaches out and says, yeah, I want to do this. This is something I've been fantasizing about. So we probably go back and forth for, I would say, two weeks messaging each other on the app, talking about what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, where we're going to meet. I am nervous as fuck because I have never done anything like this ever. Never done anything with a guy before. So I'm just sweating, nervous. I, it's, I, I end up going to his place. It turns out he is a, a tech executive and took the entire day off work for this. And that also put some pressure on me because, I, like I said, I've never done this before and I didn't think it would last more than an hour, which it didn't. Um, so I arrive at his place. I'm nervous as hell. I get my black bag out full of the toys and tools and I slip on a blue mask over my face and I put my lab coat on before I even knock on his door. So I climb a couple stairs, I'm up at his doorway and I knock and I look to my left and I see that there's a ring camera there for my neighbor. Oh shit, I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want any, any issues with this. But I knock on the door and uh, he lets me in. Still very, very, very nervous. And I tell him I'm here to do your exam. And I, again, reiterate that I'm not a real doctor. This is all role play. So just as the ad that I put up states, I hand him a lab coat or a, a, a hospital gown. I said, go ahead and undress to your underwear and we'll get started. So he does. He's wearing a jock strap underneath, and then the exam begins. And I don't know how much you want to hear about the exam and what I did or what I do. Oh yeah, you got to uh, get into but, it. Okay. So so he he gets undressed, but has this lab or has this hospital gown that ties in the back on. So I tell him basically what's going to happen is we're going to do an exam. I take his temperature. I come up to him with a stethoscope so we're standing facing each other at this point and I put the stethoscope onto his chest and I ask him to take some deep breaths so I do some deep breaths I move the stethoscope around around his body go from one nipple to the next and then I kind of slide it down his chest until I just barely can sense where his underwear is and I stop and then I tell him to turn around 
And so he turns around, and at this point, I'm looking at his naked back and legs, and because he was wearing a jock strap, I could see his ass as well. And I again tell him, some deep breaths, please, and I run the stethoscope back and forth down his chest, down his back, and then I'll warn him that I want him to put his hands out in front of him. So he'll put his hands out in front, and I'll take the stethoscope and run around his chest and listen to his heart, and then I warn him that I'm going to be doing some more probing. So then my free hand goes down and starts to massage his cock and his testicles, and then I ask him to turn around, and he turns around to face me, and I ask him to lift up the gown, and I'll take the underwear off at this point, and then I take out a glove, a blue glove, and lube it up, and I take the glove and I start to go underneath his perineum and find his hole and insert the glove a little bit to see if he enjoys that. And he does. So again, but all of this has sort of been worked out ahead of him, ahead of time, knowing that it's okay if I do this. So then I, I will, I asked him to, I asked him to (laughs) get down on all fours and we're in his living room and he, he gets on all, all fours on his couch. And his couch is covered with some cloth so that if there's any mess, we don't have to worry about it. I take, I took out a dental dam and unwrapped it. And I unwrapped it and put it over his hole. And then I plunge my face between his cheeks and I probe his, his asshole with my tongue, something I have never done before. And how was that for you, considering you're some straight guy that never knew he was into guys, and now here you are, your face in someone's asshole? <laughs> I, it was crazy. I was very turned on at that point. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I still had the majority of my clothes on. I was wearing lab coat and a dress shirt and slacks. I was playing the role. Yeah, it was very, very, very arousing for me. Then while he was on all fours and my face was plunged between them, I reached underneath and started to stroke him some more. Then he, I told him I would like to insert a toy into him. So I have a, a few different kinds of toys. I have some glass dildos and I have an anal hook. I lube up the glass dildo and I slowly put the, the small end into him and start gliding it in and out. And I could tell he's really enjoying that. And then I grab the anal hook, and so I take the glass dildo out and insert the anal hook into him. Again, this is something we talked about ahead of time. I insert the anal hook, the control end, the part that I get to use, is on his back. And so I start to insert that in and attempt to find his prostate. He starts moaning, and then I ask him to flip onto his back. With the anal hook still in him, he's flipped over on his back at this point, and so I have to sort of twist it to get the control end over onto his stomach. When that's happening, I'm stroking him as well as playing with the anal hook, and he's, he is, I could tell he's really enjoying it as well. He's rock hard, he's got pre-cum all over his cock, and that's when I undress 100% except I leave the lab coat on, and I'm also rock hard. We agreed that we weren't going to do any fluid exchange at all, so there is no oral sex that takes place in this. It all ends up just being stroking the guy until he comes. And then he 
wanted to stroke me off until I came as well, trying to avoid hitting his face. And and we both had, I think we had really great orgasms. And that was my first time, and it was it was terrifying, honestly. Did you feel guilty at all, considering you had just cheated on your wife? Yeah, I did. But I also, there was a, a rush about it where I thought that was pretty amazing. I probably could see myself doing it again. And okay. I have. Okay. And now that guy, has he, did you, do you wind up seeing the same person over and over again? Or is it typically a one and done? What do you, what, how does it work with these people who respond to your ad? So two or three of them have been repeats, but say the other 10 or 11 are one and done. That They either find out that that experience isn't what they wanted, or I didn't do it well enough. I'm, I'm not really sure. But I would say, yeah, two or three of them have been repeats. Right. And now are you always finished off at the end in the same way? Have, has it ever gone farther with different people? How does it, does it always end the, the, the exact same way that it did with that first guy? No, the first guy I was very cautious with because I, I absolutely am paranoid about picking up any STIs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very, very, very cautious. Um, no, the, the, the second guy was a lot different. Um, it started out roughly the same where, you know, I hand them a hospital gown and I'm in my uh, lab coat. But the second guy was when, when we were chatting online before we met said that he wanted to be tortured medically. And he even told me that he would be putting down a tarp in his home. And that one turned out to be a very, very different experience. Um, It was an eye opening experience because he had warned me before we, minutes before we met that he never got hard because he was an extreme sub and was in a cock cage for years. And he said he would still enjoy the experience, but not to be um, insulted if he didn't get hard. And he never got hard once during the entire session. Um, this was my first experience fisting a person. Again, I was wearing a glove with lots of lube on it. He wanted to be really tortured, I think. And I wasn't up to that at all. Why did he have a tarp down? What was the tarp for? I have no idea what he thought was gonna, he was going to need the tarp down for. Mm-hmm. It was a very uncomfortable experience. It was on his, I remember it was on a pull-out couch. And I remember it hurt my knees. The springs on the couch were really uncomfortable. But I... He he wanted he wanted something I couldn't give him. I, he asked for two toys to be inserted simultaneously, and I did oblige for that. And I put in both the anal hook and the glass dildo, and the sound it made I think really turned him on. The fisting I think turned him on. But and and I he's the first time I I topped a guy was wearing condom of course, and I didn't come during that part because it was just too surreal for me, I think. I ultimately did come after he was stroking me, but yeah, that, that was a very different one. Medical torture, I don't know what that meant to him, but I couldn't, I couldn't achieve it for him. He never came. But he's a, a real sub. Some subs get off on being denied and not coming. It is a part of the thrill for them. And that, all of this, like I said, is, is brand new to me at this point. So 
it was a very it was a very eye-opening experience and i thought well i really need to be more careful in the future to make sure i don't have experiences like this because i wasn't enjoying it as much either but did you like topping the guy no i didn't actually i i it it was too uncomfortable both on my knees it was just an uncomfortable awkward situation to be put into i no actually i didn't really enjoy that but have you ever done it since I have done it since. And was it enjoyable other ties, times? Yes, other okay, times. Okay, so it was just so, the, so you do like topping guys. You just didn't like that guy. Yeah, he was too extreme. Just okay, way so, too extreme for for my second time. Okay, so go into the rest of the guys. Tell me some good experiences. So one of one of my favorites, and he was a repeat patient. He patient. was a contractor. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, a repeat. So he, he really enjoyed it, and we, we both actually really enjoyed it. He told me he was married, and I thought he was married to a woman, but a few times later found out he was actually married to a man. Uh-huh. So these were really enjoyable experiences for me. This was, these, this was the first time that I had done or, tried oral sex with the man and both directions. So it was incredible. I, I, it really got off having a cock in my mouth and really enjoyed having mine and his. And we, we did it 69 style, which was again, something very different. I'd never done that before. This was the first time that I had been topped by a man and, and I topped him as well. We, we both really actually enjoyed the experience this time. But the doctor portion of it was a, a big, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, foreplay, I think, to get everything going. The The whole doctor-patient part of it was was an integral part of it. But in the end, it just was two guys having fun. But it was fun. I Yes, I enjoyed it, and he enjoyed it, and we have hooked up a few times. Mm-hmm. Now, is this when you start to realize maybe you're bisexual? I would say, yeah, that was the first time it's like, boy, this, this is an adventure that I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where do you keep that doctor's bag and all your clothes and shit? Where is that stuff hidden? It's in, a, it's in a box in the attic that nobody would think to look in. You don't think your wife would ever go up there looking for the Christmas stuff and maybe open up that box by accident? <laughs> Most, it's all labeled taxes, so I don't think so. Oh, okay. That's what... I, I really hope so. I hope not. Someday we're going to have an interesting conversation if it does. But you have everything like in a box and then you take it with you when you're driving to these guys' houses. I just hope you never wind up in an accident because that box no goes shit. with you, right, when you're driving around? It, it, Exactly. And I'll tell you, the first time that I did this, that was my very thought, too. It's like, I am so nervous and I don't want to be careless when I'm driving because I know what's in the backseat. And let me ask you this. The guys that are responding to you and the guys that you're meeting, what, what, what are they all about? Do you find that they're typically gay men? Are they typically straight men on the DL, married, living a double life? Is it all of the above? It's all of the above. I have played prob- probably four of the guys have been definitely gay, but I would say the other are all married and on a play on the DL. 
there's been several that we we've been playing in hotel rooms where the other guy will get a book a room and meet me for a few hours. Yeah, I would say the majority, the majority of people who are interested in this fantasy seem to be married men. Mm-hmm. And now, is there a lot of like role playing and talking to each other? I know there's a lot of physical stuff going down. Is there talking going down between the doctor and the patient? Most of it happens before we meet. So most of it happens through chats on Smithies where I'll tell him what I'm planning to do. And they'll respond back and said, well, I would like it if you did this. So a lot of the role play part of it takes place um, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when, we, when we meet, like I said, I, I sort of have a script to get started. Nobody, there are, no, no two of them have ever been the same. Mm-hmm. But my, my script that I use to get the ball rolling is the same. I control, mm-hmm. and I is pretty much the same every time. Do you stay in character to the end? Do you walk out as the doctor? Okay, thanks for coming. Or there, because there is a post nut clarity. You both come, and now what? You're like still in, ro- in character. Yeah, I, I asked them to call me doctor. The first guy that I played with till the very end, even still thought I was an actual doctor, and I had to tell him on the way out the door, "No, I'm not a real doctor." Um, but yeah, I would say that I would say that the the role play sort of keeps going even through the end. Yep. So you go in as a doctor, you leave as a doctor, they're the patient the whole time. There's not a lot of conversation going on because that's all done ahead of time. I would say there's a fair amount of conversation about what I'm doing to him. I'll be telling him what's coming next during the exam. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell him I'm going to take out this anal hook and we're going to stimulate your prostate. I will tell so, so there is talk, but it's pretty cut and dry. It's not, I, I would say it's pretty clinical, actually. Um, it's cut and dry. It's not very erotic talk. Mm-hmm. No, of course not, because you really want it to be like a real experience. The fantasy is, is that exactly. this is a real doctor. Not You're not on a date yeah. with a guy. Exactly. And I have no interest in that at all, at all. It, it, it's that is the experience that I want to provide to somebody and that I want to work through. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, for yourself as well. Now, what do you look for in your patients? Do you have anything specific that stands out for you? I know that you said that when you put the ad out, you get a lot of people responding. How do you go through and choose the the patient you're going to meet? What what do you look for? I'm, I'm looking for a few things. First of all, I'm looking to make sure they're well over 18. I don't want to play with anybody in their 20s or early 20s because I just think there's too much drama with that age group. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely looking for somebody who's willing to play safe. Mm -hmm. I I make it so clear through the entire process of negotiations with this that I I need to play safe. So if I am not feeling comfortable, either... If we have oral sex, there will be condom out. Anal sex, it's non-negotiable. There's always condoms. And I really don't want any fluid exchange at all. So if there's any sense that they're not going to play safe, I, I explain to them pretty quickly, this isn't going to work because I need to play safe. Other than that, it's 
what I'm looking for is somebody who wants the experience, who who is turned on by it. If they're if, if they seem to be turned on by it, I'm getting turned on by it as well, and I think we're going to have a good time. So looks doesn't really matter, or body, or anything like that. Not really. I a lot of the guys will require a face pick to meet, and I will never do that. And I don't require it from them. I I tend to. I guess gravitate for to people that are are like me. I'm relatively fit and relatively trim, I guess. But I've I've played with guys that are quite a bit bigger and guys that are quite a bit thinner too. So that doesn't really matter. It's really more about the mindset of is this going to be exciting for us? Well, and honestly, listen, if your kink is like to live out a doctor-patient scenario and you want it to be realistic, realistically, like there's no doctor out there that's only seeing good-looking guys. I think it makes it more real if every guy is different. (laughs) That's like real life. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. You're right. (laughs) Yep. So you have all age ranges? Uh, Yeah, the youngest probably in their early 30s, the oldest in late 60s. Mm Mm-hmm. It's sort of everywhere in between, yeah. How many guys have you seen? How many think? in total? Yeah. Like I said, I, I do like to write, so when I'm done, I sort of write about the experience. I have had 14. Okay, so far, and two. you've been doing it for this couple of years, and most of the time, it's sometimes it's in a hotel, sometimes it's at their house? Yep, exactly. When it's at the hotel, who plays? Who pays? The, the other person pays. I've never I've never paid for a hotel. Okay, you're they if, pay. If they're interested if they're interested in it, they'll get it hooked up, get it set up as long as it works with both of our schedules and yeah, I meet them there. And you meet them there. And so you're you see yourself as like providing the service, so they're a paying for it. You're setting everything up, you're coming, you're the doctor, you're in the power position. Do you consider yourself That's a dom? Right. I would have not thought that about myself until the last few years. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm a dom in that I'm the one telling the patient what I want them to do. Right. And they, they oblige. They do it. But I wouldn't see myself as a dom that needs to be, I, I guess, in, in a, a huge degree of control of the situation. It's more... I'm I'm got the script in my head for what how this is going to play out and this is how it'll play out. Mm-hmm. So tell me some other experiences, any that stand out for any other reasons than the ones you told me about already. So the other one of the other ones was a long haul trucker who who invited me over to his apartment at some point. He he after the first time we met wanted to video everything. He was really, really into it, and I told him I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I didn't want to put myself at risk with having a video out there for some reason. Mm-hmm. So the second time we met, he had mirrors all over the, the bedroom so he could watch every end of it. That was pretty interesting. That was very arousing for me because I'd never seen myself in that situation from that perspective. So that was a really hot time for both of us, I think. To be um, vi- being vi- visual and seeing it. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Seeing, seeing the tools, seeing the outfit, seeing the patient in their gown. Yeah, the entire, I, I, it was as good, I suppose, as being filmed and watching it later, but it was live. Mm-hmm. Where Can you send me for my Patreon, like, a pic of your your gear? That bag or that yeah, box or whatever that. you have, all that stuff. Where yeah. do you get all that stuff from? Amazon? Amazon, yep. What's it get? What's inside of it? What are we going to see inside of there? So you're going to see um, a number of glass dildos. You're going to see my stethoscope. You're going to see uh, an anal hook, a steel stainless steel anal hook. I do have handcuffs that I've never used on anybody. Um, yeah, and then lube, condoms, dental dams, all of that. Mm-hmm. That's all inside this bag, hidden in your in your attic. Attic. That you don't yep. think your wife ever finds. Would you go looking for taxes? Uh, well, I, I do my I do my taxes, and I'm in charge of all the stuff because I'm a single mom. So I, yeah, I, I am involved in all that stuff. But I know that most women aren't. Yeah. A lot of women, unfortunately, don't know anything about any of that shit that's going down. I think they should be, but most of the time they're not, and they're not interested, and they're not in the know. So I would because I I'm in control of everything in my life. Right. So. But I know that a lot of other women wouldn't. How long have you been married for? I've been married almost thirty years. How's your relationship with your wife? It's good. It could be better. After menopause, a lot of activity sort of fell off, I think. And I think that coincides with the, when all of this started for me. But it's, I think it's, it's good. Not the best. So the sex isn't good, meaning you don't have a sex life with her. But is everything else good there? Everything, is, everything else is good. And there is a sex life, but it's not as much as I would like, I think. And do you I think fi- that's common. Yeah, that happens. Have you ever cheated on her with women? Not once, nope. And then this fantasy that you set up that you're totally into is strictly with dudes. Strictly with dudes, 100% done through this website that I told you about. I would not even think about doing it anywhere else with women. Right, because you're into guys. This is a this is a guy on guy experience for you, for sure. It's not about you wouldn't do it with women because women are too dainty or they, it would be non consensual. Because you know, if a woman said yes to it, you could you could do it with a woman. But it's because you're just obviously into this scenario. This role play for you is hot because it's you and another guy, not you and a woman. That's exactly right, and. And I, I, one of the guys that I was chatting with at one point wanted to have his girlfriend or wife there. And I didn't want to do that. So, yeah, it's just it's a one on one with the guy who's into the fantasy, I guess. And now, how often do these experiences happen? Is that ad up and running all the time and you just wait to see when you get hits on it? Or do you just do it like once or twice a year? Uh once or twice, well, I, I would say since it's been about two and a half to three years, I would say about three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, yeah, I, the moment it goes up, the profile goes up, I I would be swamped with people who are interested. So I have to be really careful about when I have some time and availability to do it. And then it usually takes a week or two to sort of work out the logistics to get one to, to actually work. Have you ever had any crazy w- requests? 
kind of is crazy what you're doing to begin with. But <laughs> so I don't know what crazy in your world would be because it's kind of fucking crazy what you're doing already with these hooks and all this fisting and everything. But do you ever have you ever had any kind of crazy requests that you're like, what the fuck? Only the first guy or the second guy, the one that wanted to be medically tortured. Mm-hmm. I think that was the one I was nowhere near ready for. And it doesn't that doesn't interest me at all. I don't have any interest in torturing or hurting anybody. It's all about pleasuring pleasure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you're getting off on the fight. Does everybody always does it always end with you getting off somehow with the guy? No, I would say half of the time. I end up getting off. I'm usually hard and very aroused during the experience, but I may or may not get off during it. And I would say all but one of the guys did. Didn't. Well, what am I trying to say? One of the guys that I played with never got off, but the rest of them have. Mm-hmm. And now, can you also, I'm going to wrap it up because I feel like we got the whole story. Can you do me a favor and for my Patreon, send me a pic of all your paraphernalia, okay? As well as, can you send me a pic of one of your ads on Sniffies that you put out so we could see that as well? Because I think that would be interesting. Yeah, I could do that. And is a part of your thing, because you are that erotica writer, is a part of the turn on for you also to come home and then write about that experience as well, to continue it on and put it in paper? It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I, I enjoy sort of recalling what happened and getting it written down. So, yeah. Did you ever think yeah. of, I know that you said you're not professional, but I mean, like, look, you put out an ad just in your own little area and you get all these people hitting you up. Imagine... If all those people in your little area are, you know, into it, imagine how many other people are. It's obviously a specific kink. If you're into it and all these guys are into it, it means that there's plenty of other people. And even if it's the minority, the minority in this world could still be millions of people. You probably could sell your stories because it's probably something that, you know, it's something that people are really into, that certain people are into. And there's probably a market for that kind of erotica, don't you think? Maybe. I think I think the porn channel has so much more to offer people. But I, I don't know, maybe. I, a part of it is the fantasy of it. The, I, I think the, the part that appeals to a lot of guys is, is thinking about it for a week or two before it happens and getting to use their own imagination and thinking how it will play out. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, please. I don't know. I'm just telling you, you probably could put that someplace and make money, put it on a blog, put it someplace. I'm sure people would love to look at that content. I know that it's just for you. I'm assuming you don't share it anywhere, correct? I don't share those experiences with anyone because I feel it would be a violation of the, the privacy of, that we both are looking for. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Ever do that? Okay, cool. Ever do that? Yeah, Yeah. I get it. I get it. So it's just for you. You though, but a big part of it though for you is also writing it down, and you have those stories for yourself. They're for your pleasure only. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. Oh my god! What what happens when you go to the regular doctor now? Is it a weird experience considering all this mock-up fantasy role play doctor sex scenarios? (laughs) It it is a little weird. I I have had to I've had to tell myself not to 
not to be aroused by it, and I don't. But but again, that experience when I was when I was a kid, I think curbed that too. Well, I don't know. There's a connection there, and it could curb it, meaning you're not turned on in one sense, but in another sense, it did turn you on to it in a different kind of a way. I mean, there's uh, so it's a it's an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, like thanks for calling in and telling this story. I'm sure you know the people that are into this role play will find this episode. And what happens when I air very niche kind of things or specific kinks that are very not so big and maybe not so common. I do though always get tons of emails from people like, oh my God, I have this exact same kink or the same fetish. But I'm sure that's going to happen when I air this episode. I've been doing my show for nine years. I've never had on this specific topic. So it's always interesting. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of emails (laughs) from people like, oh, I love this or I'm into this too, blah, blah, blah. So listen, Dr. Vic, thanks so much for calling in and sharing your story. Interesting. You're very welcome, Kathy. And make sure to make sure to send me those pictures. Like I said, one of the ad and one of your bag of paraphernalia. Is that cool? I'll do that. All right. Awesome. I'll do that uh, in the next day or two. All right. Great. Thanks so much for calling in, Dr. Vic, (laughs) quote unquote. Thank you, Kathy. All right. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.